All right. Um, so uh, thank you. Thank you very much um, for sharing that. Um, so uh, I, uh, I usually don't share a joke when we, uh, we spend a little time together on Thursday nights, but I decided I would today. Um, I got some new jeans, and I had to bring them back because they were too tight. I was at the customer service desk, and the person there said, is there something wrong with them? And I said, yes, they hurt my feelings. You grab a Bible and turn to John chapter 13. <clears throat> turn to John chapter 13. I'm not going to read the whole story that they just went through, but I do want to read a couple of verses, um, and then we're going to come back to them a little bit later. John chapter 13. <clears throat> I always like people to open a Bible so you kind of see where it is that we are looking. If you are kind of new to this thing. Uh, There are four Gospels. The Gospels each tell the story of Jesus in a little bit different way. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And John is the one who records the story that they just talked about. And it, uh, I just want to read verses 12 and following where it says this. If you can find verse 12. After washing their feet, Jesus put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. So we're going to have a question tonight, and uh, if you've not been with us on Sunday mornings, uh, we have a question every Sunday morning, and we're going to do it this evening, and we will take a few of your answers to this question. So here we go. Um, how has someone's service or servant's heart helped you in your life journey? Um, how has someone's service or servant's heart helped you in your life journey? If you'd like to um, answer this question. Flint and James will run mics to get their attention. We're going to stand up, maybe just say our name quick, and then give us a brief answer so we can get a few of you to share. Um, and uh, yeah, we ready to go? Hi, my name is Roar. Good evening. Uh, I think what has really helped me is my sponsors and uh, pastors in my life that have helped me through my journey and show me what true love and what God is in their hearts. So I would say pastors and people in recovery. Thank you, Aurora. Hello, everyone. I'm Jamie. Um, the first person I think about is my cousin, Anne. As a child, like I, you know, some of the trauma and stuff that I went through, I didn't really get to experience a lot of love, a lot of happiness. And she was the one person who was there for me to... Just be my safe place. Thanks, Jamie. Uh, I would say uh, my first sponsor and my present sponsor, just uh, by the example they set in service, they just do a lot of stuff and and don't blow their horn much. And they just, uh, that's been a great example to me. I haven't always followed it, but uh, uh, just, just their example. Thank you. Um, I'm Amanda. That mic is like right there. <laughs> um, 
I guess mine is the lighthouse. Since I was in my early 20s, this place has been here, and all of you have helped me through my ups and downs and are still here to always have open doors, a loving heart to guide me, teach me, and yeah. I'm blank now. Yeah, that's great, Lamanda. Thank you. Thanks for sharing. Hi, I'm Jan. Um, I think uh, my sponsor right now that I have had for almost a whole year, um, she's been awesome and is teaching me about unconditional love, kind of. But also I want to give a shout-out to people that have helped me with rides to church and to the grocery stores. Oh. Because since I haven't had a car, it's been really awful. So thank you, you guys. Yep. Thanks, Jan. Hi, church family. My name's Tony. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. Um, so today we, we celebrated the life of uh, Chaplain Ronald Weiss. Um, and at 88 years, that man lived a life... Um, out to, to save people. Um, he made a mission field in this community um, to lead people to Jesus Christ. Um, and I'm very thankful for him. Oh, so, thanks, Tony. Hi, friends. I'm Tara. I'm back here. Um, so when I got out of prison in 2017, I came to Lighthouse Church. And um, when I walked through the doors, there was a Beth, and there was an Anne, and there was a Linda, and there was a Lisa, and then I started work here a couple years after that. And there was a Beth, and there was an Anne, and there was a, I'm going to cry, a Linda and a Lisa. And those are women, you guys, if you want to grow. Those are real women in your life that you want to be like. All right, we will do, we'll, we'll, I think we'll wrap up with Dan. So okay. go ahead, Dan, and then we're going to move on. Hello everyone, I'm Dan, I'm an alcoholic addict. Um, about 27 years ago, in the small town I live in, there was five men that seen a horrible, horrible man. And they uh, figured we could probably help that guy. And they got me into this club they belonged to called Lions International, and I've been a member ever since. But those five guys, they're all God-fearing members, they belong to all different congregations. But they all had one thing in common. They all loved God. And they all wanted to teach that love and show that love. And if it wouldn't have been for those five men who have now passed, I would not be the man I am today because they taught me how to serve and not expect anything in return. They taught me how to, taught me how to serve without expecting anything. I always have a smile. No matter how bad your day is, somebody's day is probably always going worse. So if you can smile and give them a high five or whatever, no matter how you're feeling, and that's what they taught me, and I am so grateful for those guys to this day. Well, thanks, Thank Dan. Um, can I uh, suggest if you are in a small group, if you're going to a small group tonight, um, that's your discussion question. So, um, you know, talk about the, the impact of somebody's service or servant's heart um, on your life. Let me just share a little teaching with you um, before we celebrate communion and close. Um, I love to share spiritual principles that I think are important to our Lighthouse community, and here's one. It'll be up on the screen. If you want to experience and live the life that God has planned for you, fall in love with Jesus. Uh, it's kind of core to what I really believe. 
Um, I, I, you know, I, I don't spend a lot of time trying to teach the do's and the don'ts, and chances are you've heard all of those. Um, rather, I would just have, um, have you fall in love with Jesus, and you'll kind of figure it out with him. Um, I've often said that the most remar- remarkable thing about Jesus was that he was perfect, that he was 100% human being, 100% divine, and yet the people who wanted to hang out with him were people who were messed up people like you and me. Turn and ask someone, did he just call me messed up? Yes, I did, Ryan. Yes, I did. Turn and tell somebody, yes, he did. (laughs) I, I often wonder, what was it about Jesus? Um, and we could maybe make a long list. Was it his unconditional love? Was it his empathy? Maybe it was something about his healthiness that attracted people. Um, obviously, there was something in his heart that came through in his actions and in his words. Somehow, um, this is so important, I think, somehow Jesus could see past the rough exterior in people and see what God had put inside of them in the beginning. And not only that, but he saw inside of them the goodness of God that had been planted in people's hearts. Um, Jesus uh, says much about service himself. Uh, so I'll just give you a couple of examples. This will be up on the screen. Jesus said the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others. He also said, whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first among you must be a slave to others. And then we have these verses we read just a little bit ago. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again, sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? I could, I could envision the disciples saying, no, not for a second. What in the heck are you doing washing our feet? And, um, and he says, um, you, are, uh, you call me teacher and Lord, and you are right because that's what I am. But since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash others' feet. Many here attend anonymous programs. Um, tonight is Celebrate Recovery. It's not an anonymous program, but um, in the groups and the programs that we attend, many of us, we learn the principle of service. Uh, It's one of the first principles we learn, and we learn things like in order to keep it, you're going to have to give it away. Um, And um, I I hate to break this to you, especially if you're kind of an anonymous program guru, um, but these principles, uh, this principle of service did not originate with Bill W. or Dr. Bob or any other 12-step originator. Uh, The thing is, is it's not only what Jesus taught and modeled, um, it's what really biblically is key to the life that God desires for you and me. So another principle kind of built on that first one I shared, fall in love with Jesus and you will begin to see people differently and you will become less about you and more about others. So why foot washing? Um, Kind of an interesting deal, isn't it? Um, You know, we we uh, 
we kind of live in a different culture than Jesus did 2,000 years ago in the Middle East. Uh, They walked everywhere for the most part, often barefoot, sometimes in sandals. Uh, Their feet were dirty, but, you know, walking around barefoot in hot sand or hot pavement or hot rock all day, um, your feet become weary as well. And, you know, foot washing was not only a cleansing thing, but it was kind of a refreshing thing. And so they, they would go to a, to a home, and there somebody would wash feet. But guess who would wash the feet? Uh, the low man on the totem pole of servants. It was the one who, you know, was in trouble, or the one who um, perhaps was just starting out. Uh, we were talking about this at our staff meeting uh, the other morning, and you know, we were talking about foot washing and how, you know, we don't wash people. I, you know, there are church. I'd thought about doing a foot washing here tonight, but I thought it might be a little bit better to kind of talk about, you know, what is foot washing for us today? Um, because, you know, um, I could get down. You'd have to help me back up, but I could get down and wash your feet. Um, but it would be kind of symbolic. Um, but at Lighthouse Church, we know... Um, that the foot washing that is often most important um, is the, the smile and the greeting for the person who's walking in the door with, filled with anxiety, you know, who might be sober a couple of days, still shaking a little bit, hasn't slept maybe in a few days. Or the person whose anxiety, you know, or their depression had been so great that they were trying to decide, do I go to the hospital or do I go to Lighthouse? Do I go to the hospital or do I go to Lighthouse? You know, um, service in this church is things like, you know, getting here early and maybe offering to help set up or serve the pizza um, or, or just greet people. Not your friends, we're all good at that, but greet people we don't know. Uh, give safe touches or hugs, handshakes. Staying after and cleaning up, that one we kind of suck at, can I just say. <laughs> that's, that's foot washing today. Um, you know, one of the things that I have learned um, is is that one of the keys to doing ministry in this place um, is, is to remember that every person that, that I encounter is a person that has been created by God. Every person that I encounter is somebody that Jesus deemed worth dying on the cross for, and they deserve to be treated with love and respect and dignity. And so, um, you know, one of the things that we want to just kind of carry is this basic principle that we can, you know, we can have healthy boundaries, we can hold each other accountable, but we can also treat each other with love and respect and dignity, right? Yeah. Um, I wanted to kind of honor a couple folks um, tonight. Where did Flint go? Flint, can you come up here? Dan, can you come up here? Linda, can you come up here? Um, So... Um, I could do this with a bunch of people, but I decided I would do this with these three tonight. Um, so um, for those of you who don't know, this is Flint, Dan, and Linda. And, uh, and 
you know, they, they have, um, for many people in this church, been role models. Can you put your arm out like you are going to serve? They have been role models of servanthood in this church. Um, Flint from day one in our church. Um, he has been singing in that back row since we started church <laughs> 10 years ago. Has, has helped... Um, Helped with unlimited, I mean, just so many property things, um, has served on our board, um, and has uh, done so um, while encouraging everybody else in this place, um, and by generously supporting it um, himself, even financially. He doesn't do it for pay, uh, he pays to do it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Dan, um, want to put your arm out? Um, Servant Dan. Um, you know, Dan is here serving meals all the time, and, um, but that's not the, the best, although the hot dogs are good. It's not the best thing that we do. Um, Dan, uh, Dan has um, a heart, you know, he even answered in the question, a heart for, for just people who are where he used to be. And, um, you know, many of you have been touched by maybe his listening ear or just the the, you know, the empathy and the compassion that he has. I just wanted to honor you. I wanted to honor you today. And many of you um, have encountered Linda, um, who uh, also um, very much um, has a servant heart. She has worked on our staff uh, at brief times, but has uh, done so much more than that. Um, she's been a um, a representative of our church in Cass County Jail and doing Bible study with women. Uh, she has been teaching, she currently teaches two groups. Two groups here? Three groups at Light, yeah, three groups. One in the jail and two groups here at Lighthouse Church as a volunteer. And, and uh, I, I've, I've, never, I've never met anybody who has such a, um, a solid, lifelong faith, not lifelong, but almost lifelong, um, faith in Jesus Christ, um, and and comes from a tradition of uh, of deep commitment spiritually to to the Lord, and yet knows about grace and has been so encouraging to so many people. So, as I said, um, I could give towels to a bunch of people as I look out at this room, um, but what I wanted to do is I, I wanted to just kind of let them be examples tonight of kind of this cultural. Um, emphasis, this, this principle that we're going to operate on. We're almost 10 years old as a church at Lighthouse. And, and, um, um, this church has a reputation of welcoming anybody into its midst and encouraging them and walking with them. And the only way that that is going to continue um, as you know, until Jesus comes, is if you take a towel, put it on your arm, and serve just like they have. All right, so you can go back to your seat. Thank you. You can keep it. Yep. So, just a couple more things before we um, celebrate communion. Um, I find it so interesting that Jesus. Um, use the opportunity to wash feet at the Last Supper. It was almost like, you know, I'm going to die tomorrow on the cross. This is the last thing I want to teach you. 
But it's also interesting that he tied it to a meal um, because eating is kind of important to us. Um, There is great significance in food and eating together, not only that we need to eat to live, but in Mideastern culture back in Jesus' day and still today, um, eating together is like cementing a bond between people. Um, You eat together in Jesus' day, you're now brothers or you're sisters or brothers and sisters. And in our culture, you know, there's still an intimacy to food. You know, if we um, are interested in growing in a relationship with somebody, we might ask them out for dinner. Um, Some of your families have probably been planning the Easter meal because they know Easter meal with family is important. Food is kind of a spiritual connection between us. You know, at one place in the Gospels, Jesus feeds 5,000 people with a little fish and bread. It's almost like, you know, don't ever doubt my, my sustenance and what I can provide for you. Then there's these verses like from the early church, Acts 2, verse 42, where this is like the blueprint of the church, and it says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals. Like, that's in the Bible. That's what the church does. Shares in meals, including the Lord's Supper, which we're going to celebrate in a moment, and to prayer. Then a couple of verses later, um, verse 46, it says, they worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity. Go to the end of the Bible. It's Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. And there Jesus says, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. And what are we going to do? Like read the Bible? No. We're going to share a meal together as friends. Isn't that interesting? We're going to share a meal together as friends. Then Jesus said, "Um, as my followers and friends, as you serve one another, Let's do this simple meal together, not to feed your body, but to feed your soul, to feed your spirit. You can't do this life alone. You can't serve without replenishing your spirit. You can't follow me, Jesus says, without my grace and forgiveness and strength. Now, when we talk about this meal of Holy Communion, some tend tend to emphasize remembering that um, in this meal, it it helps us remember that that, um, Jesus is, um, is, is one who is our Savior and Lord, and he died on the cross for us. And so a lot of churches, some of you, I mean, there's kind of a... Um, difference of opinion amongst denominations. Some of you perhaps come from backgrounds where the real emphasis is on remembering what Jesus did in communion. Others emphasize it as a means of grace. Um, What that means is it's like a delivery system uh, for some. That's the tradition I come from where, um, you know, God is the giver of grace and we are the receiver. And and, uh, communion is one of the ways he delivers it to us. Uh, the bread is his body, the wine, or in our instance, grape juice, uh, is his blood. And his word to us is that you are forgiven. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I have um, 
just kind of wanted to share with you is, you know, we really operate on a, on a basis where there's such a, you know, diversity in our church backgrounds in this church. If you have a particular opinion about which emphasis is true, um, one of the things that I've come to kind of come to believe is that, is that um, when, when I take that wafer in just a little bit, um, I believe it's still bread. So if you grew up Catholic where it's changed into the body, um, it's not part of my tradition. It's still bread, uh, still a wafer, um, still going to be grape juice. But here's the thing. Um, it's not very hard for me to believe that Jesus is present in it because I've seen him do much greater things than that. And so if he says, I'm present in this, this is my body, I'm going to take him at his word. What we know is that we need him to feed our spirit um, because, my, my dear friends, um, this road is difficult. It's tough. We need his grace because we are still self-centered and we will make mistakes. And we need his nourishment because the road ahead is just as long as the one behind us. Jesus had a perfect servant heart. Um, when he brought us this meal, he was not thinking about himself. He was thinking about others. He was thinking about you and how much he loves you. I'm, I'm reminded always on Monday, Thursday that this is the night where after this supper he would go to the Garden of Gethsemane and he knew what was ahead, and he says, God, just please, can you, is there any other way? Have you ever felt that way? God, is there, is there another way? Take this from me. And then tomorrow he suffers and dies on the cross. We'll reflect on that tomorrow night. And then three days later, uh, Jesus is raised from the dead. But what I believe, and what I want you to know, is that this Jesus, this story of this week, this is, this is what we're about. Jesus is the Son of God, the Savior, and man, he loves you so much. It's why he came, it's why he suffered, and it's why he died, and why he was raised from the dead. And so tonight, remember him, but also know that he is with you.